Hey yo, welcome to Kiki's Corner, where biblical principles meet culture. Hello everyone, my name is Kiki Francois. I am your host. This is my corner of the world. I get the opportunity to be holy as Christ has called me to be holy and cultivate a space for others to join in. Welcome to season two of Kiki's Corner. Um, Please go and stream season one of Kiki's Corner on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Overcast. There are six episodes included in season one. I talked about critical controversial issues that our current generation faces from sex to imposter syndrome. So head on over there uh, to season one for a recap. Um, as a reminder, Romans 12, 2 guides everything we do on this show. And it reads like this, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good, pleasing and perfect will. Now, the name of this episode is abolish the police question mark. And this notion seems radical until you or people you know are victims of police brutality on a consistent basis. And I know that I've talked about this topic on an earlier episode from this season called Where is the Church? Policing Justice and Black Lives Matter. And the outline of that episode was explaining the role of the church concerning policing, justice, and Black Lives Matter. And in that episode, I specifically discussed the history of policing and the contemporary effects of the historical nature of the police against Black bodies. And I also said, you know, how the police benefit those who are white, wealthy, and well-connected in today's society. And on that episode, I discussed the meaning of Black Lives Matter and the definition of justice. So head on over there to that episode to make and to make this episode make more sense, um, because this episode is just a continuation of that one. Um, but two questions from that episode that stuck out to me um, was this that I asked. I said, one, how can you reform a racist root? And two, how can you redeem a department that was meant to catch slaves and control black bodies? And I want those two questions to be in the back of your mind as we dive into this conversation. Um, as you know, the focus of our conversation will be abolition. And, you know, the title of this episode is abolish the police question mark. And so the first question is, should we abolish the police? Um, you know, is that a reality? And if so, what are the next steps uh, to making that happen? Um, and I, I talked I talked about the history of the police from that last episode, so please go and listen to it so you, so you can uh, be caught up for this episode. But Sean Illing, in his article, um, The Abolish the Police Movement, explain, um, explained by seven scholars and activists, said this um, about the phrase um, abolish the police, because I don't think people really know what it means, or it has different meanings um, to different people, different scholars, different activists. It has me has a different meaning to me. Um, and so he said this, he says, the phrase um, has created plenty of controversy, especially on the right, and even sounds a tad extreme for people on the left who believe that our way of policing is broken, but shudder at the thought of doing um, away with the cops entirely. Um, he claims that, and this is Sean Illing, who I'm talking about, he claims that we can look at it from, um, you know, a policy proposal 
um, or you can look at it from a rhetorical device in the, the window of discourse, which is something accepted by others. So you can look at the term abolish the police as something that's just like, okay, we're going to actually propose policy. We're going to put this in writing. We're going to put this, um, you know, uh, to the forefront for action to be taken place. Or it could be used as, you know, a rhetorical device to frame a conversation, uh, something radical that kind of shakes the room. Um, Sean Illing also claims that everyone doesn't agree on the term or meaning of abolish the police. And I like what he says about the issue being a moment of root and branch transformation. And that aligns with my question from earlier. Can you reform a racist root? If the whole thing is corrupt, how can we effectively use it in America if this is happening on a constant basis where black and brown bodies are being racially profiled, target, targeted, um, you know, put into jail and you know sometimes murdered how do we do this how do we how do we wrestle with this institution um and also what does it mean to eliminate law enforcement um and so here are the, just some opinions and some strategies and some uh, ideologies um in the air so political scientist jen jackson from syracuse university said this by abolish the police um, you know, I mean, building a world where we do not rely on anti-black white supremacist institutions of order to regulate society. This means that alternative forms of order might be embraced, like community care networks and justice structures rooted in restoration rather than punishment. Um, and then she also says a little bit in her comment, you know, to, to build a free world and sustain black futures. Um, and I want y'all to hear her last comment because it has to do with the end of the show. So really listen to this. She says this, by creating solutions that address police abolition and its relationship to mass incarceration and institutional racism, organizers are developing broad and complex mechanisms to address the problem. So let's stop there and, and understand that this is connected to so many things. Policing, um, um, you know, the law enforcement, has a history, but also is so connected and intertwined to institutional racism and mass incarceration, to education, to so many different things. Um, it, it's it's yeah, it it's um, it's just a web, and it's really it's it's connected, and it it's harmful and it's dangerous. Um, and so historically and contemporary and contemporary times. Uh, so Christopher, um, excuse me, Christy. Lopez, a law professor at Joshan University, said this, police abolition and defund the police are not terms I came up with, and different people mean different things when they use those terms, but a shared objective among most defund proponents, which I also share, is that we need to reset public safety in order to eliminate our over-reliance on law enforcement, discrimination, and avoidable harm in public safety, including unnecessary police killings. Um, and so those are, you know, a few ideologies of saying, Hey, this is what I mean by defund the police or abolish the police or police abolition. I'm saying, Hey, we need to find different structures in, in which we can rely on so that, uh, black and brown bodies aren't policed and aren't murdered and aren't incarcerated at an alarming higher rate, um, due to racism and discrimination and white supremacy and, you know, uh, police departments being slave patrols um, back in the day. And now, you know, their full blown police departments just morphed into um, a, a different, you know, a different name, something that's under a different name. So how do we, how do we wrestle with that tension? Um, and so my next question is, 
if we're thinking about abolishing the police, how do we go about abolishing police and what will we put in place to replace them? Um, will we replace them fully? And so, um, you know, Martin Sheik's a member of MPD 150, which is a community organization working to dismantle uh, the Minneapolis Police Department, says this. There are a lot of different terms floating around right now. Defund, dismantle, disband. But what it comes down to is a call for the abolition of policing. This does not mean that when you dial 911, there won't be someone to respond to your emergency. It means that the right person will respond with the right skills and tools to provide the care needed. Um, we already have some of this in a form of fire departments and EMS. And so I thought that perspective was interesting in the sense of saying like, hey, it doesn't mean that, you know, you won't have anyone to, you know, when you call 911 that no one will respond, just the right people will respond. Um, and, 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 and so I thought, you know, and I actually had a conversation with my mom about it. I was saying, hey, like, you know, this is what is being called for when you have a racist root. And when you have a discriminatory root and a prejudice root, how are, you know, how is that actually supposed to work now for people who look like us? Um, you know, what, what does law and order really mean? Who, what does protect and serve really mean? And for who does it, who does it protect and serve? And should we abolish and disband and defund this institution that doesn't benefit people who look like us? And we, of course, we had a little, you know, argument about that um, of, you know, you know, she said, hey, like, what happens if we get rid of the the police? What What's going to happen? I'm like, it, we're not saying that, um, you know, we shouldn't have order in the land. We're just saying, let's reimagine. Let's restore what has been broken because the system is broken. Let's find different ways so that the right people can answer the right cause because um, it has been shown historically and factually and, you know, on paper that when some police officers respond, they make the situation worse. And even James Baldwin has a quote in No Name in the Street where he talks about how, you know, you know, and this was, this was back in the day, this is the 1960s, how, you know, white, when white police, police officers are in black neighborhoods, they don't really know, you know, not all of them, of course, but just saying they don't really know how to manage or how to just, just, they don't, they're, they're not there on a daily basis with the black community. And so, you know, you're there, you don't really know what you're doing and, you know, you, you're reacting out of fear. Um, and so th that was one of the the quotes and kind of, I'm just summarizing what he, he said, but in a sense of saying like, Hey, we just need the right people to respond to the right, um, causes and the right crisis. Um, so I completely, 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 um, agree with that, that part and that, that, um, statement. And so here's just the ending of the show. Um, we're getting here quick cause this is a quick show. Um, what are some biblical principles for abolition? If this is a reality, what are some biblical principles? Um, and before I get into that, I want to say that, you know, abolish the police means a lot of different things. Um, and uh, for different people, whether that's defunding the police and taking the funds that the police officers get and investing them into different, you know, communities, for the youth, um, um, you know, whether that is completely abolishing the police and saying, hey, like we want to dismantle, disband the system and find other ways of public safety for um, our communities who have been disproportionately attacked and disproportionately, um, you know, discriminated against um, um, because of the color of their skin, brown and black communities. 
you know, so that, that the definition is, it's a spectrum and it's, it's different things for different people. So I just want to make that clear. Um, and so when I say, what are some biblical principles for abolition? Um, I think that, you know, we as Bible believing Christians are limited in what we can say, uh, what we can say. And I think the church, um, you know, I think we're limited in what we can we can say. Uh, well, not necessarily what we can say, but in the sense of we're limited in what we can do if we're not in the public square, right? So I think that the church should always be in the public square, um, fighting for justice here on earth, knowing that the divine justice will come. But that you know that knowing the divine justice will come, but that doesn't mean we don't do anything. So first, we have to figure out where are our bodies and how do we move them into place places. Um, of places of influence, right? So whether that's law, whether that's, you know, being a judge, a DA, different things, um, and, and being in the public square, really being in the forefront, affecting change. Yes, being in the church, but also being in the public square. I think that's super important. Um, and so, um, and that, and that looks different for everybody. So I don't want to just label that as just one thing. Um, but I want to say this before I really get into, um, you know, the biblical principles. Isaac Bryan said this, he says, our current model of policing and accountability is rooted in punishment and was constructed as a mechanism to maintain slavery, segregation, and the protection of property rights. All of policing, historic and contemporary functions have been harmful to communities of color and especially the black community. And so I think um, that's important to meditate on and to listen to that of saying, hey, slavery, segregation and the protect- protection of property rights, that's historical, but that is also contemporary um, and it's still playing out today. So I'm 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 reiterating, I'm, I'm going back over the same thing because I need you all to understand that um, when people talk about abolish the police, this is what they're talking about. <laughs> this is what they're talking about. This is what's being talked about. The segregation, the slavery, the protection of property rights. It's just all in different forms. Right. And so um, and it have been very and has been very harmful to communities of color, specifically the black community. And that's just the truth. That's what we have to really realize. Um, And so I think the first biblical principle is acknowledgement of history. And that begins with education. So the first biblical principle is confession. Um, This is what we've done as a country. We have turned slavery into mass incarceration and it is is infecting black and brown communities by design. Um, Mass incarceration is the new slavery. Police officers are patrolling black and brown bodies at an alarming rate and can't, you know, can't seem to do right in regards to our bodies uh, due to racism, uh, bias, prejudice, and amongst other things. And so this this education uh, comes with, you know, knowing who the police protects and serves. Like I said earlier, the white, the wealthy and the, the well connected. And so we have to we have to reveal that and you can't heal what you don't reveal. So we need to reveal that and say, hey, here's the historical nature of it. And this is what we need to do. Uh, I think the second biblical principle is accountability. Um, so before we place, replace the police department entirely, right, we, or, or disband it or abolish it completely, we need to hold up, hold up. We need to reopen the cases that have been closed and corrupt and say, hey, there needs to be justice here, um, particularly restorative justice. And we need to come in and say, hey, these cases were closed and there's no information regarding these cases and we need to open them back up. And that sounds radical and it sounds time consuming. Well, this work is radical and it's time consuming. Um, and so we we need people out there doing the work. Um, and um, 
you know, so so the first biblical principle was acknowledgement, so basically confession of saying, hey, this is wrong and we need to do something about it. The second biblical principle is accountability. Hold them accountable. Say, hey, these places have been closed and they're corrupt and we need to open them back up uh, before we even thinking about abolishing the police or taking fun. Well, you know, taking funds away. I mean, no, taking funds away is totally fine and putting them in communities of, 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 of color and black communities and for the youth. But we need to have some accountability here. Someone needs to be held responsible um, in the highest court of law. Um, and I think lastly, we need to be in the public square. <laughs> like I said on earlier episodes, we set the tone for morality. We should we should set the tone for morality. We should set the tone for justice and, and ethics. Um, and, and, and we need to be in the public square. In some form, you cannot just sit on the sidelines with issues like this. And so... Um, you know, when people are calling for the abolition of police, they're saying, hey, we need to dismantle systems that has been, um, that has oppressed, uh, black people and, and people of color. Um, and we are calling for reimagination. So I want to tie this episode up. L- listen to me here. I'm calling for reimagination of what public safety could look like. Um, because when you see the count, when you see the videos, when you see the pain, when you see the trauma, um, you know, you're saying, okay, what's not being reported? <laughs> what's not being recorded? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If we didn't have a camera phone, what what's not being what's not being recorded? What do we not know? What are we just finding out? So what tools need to be in place to replace um you know the police department if we're actually going to do this if this is actually a reality um how functional is it um um is it long lasting um and what will be the backlash and so there are so many questions surrounding abolishing the police and who's going to do that work i think that's my last question who's going to do that work and that's why i say we need to be in the public square there are people who are already doing the work, applaud to you, but there needs to be more people to join the work if this is going to be a reality. Um, and so, yeah, that's all I have for y'all today. Um, y'all have a great day and let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to you, Lord, we just want to thank you for who you are. Um, Lord, this is a very uh, controversial topic in our nation today. And Lord, we know that you provide all of the answers and all of the wisdom from above. You said if we just ask without doubting that we will get wisdom. So Lord, help us get wisdom to reimagine a system that has um, been corrupt, Lord, and, and to, to not just reimagine, Lord, but to set in standards and things in place that will be long lasting and things that will honor you lord when it comes to safety we know our safety is important lord and we're not trying to um we're not trying to um not be mindful and aware of that lord but we are saying hey our safety is in jeopardy because of something that is supposed to protect us so god um we're asking for confession we're asking for accountability and we're asking for more people to be in the public square um, and to say what is right. Um, um, what 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 do you want us to do, God? And, and how do you want us to act? And how do you want us to proceed with reimagining what um, this country could look like? So, Lord, we love you. We need you. And we cannot do this without you. Amen. <laughs>
If you like what you heard, please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Kiki's Corner Podcast. That's Kiki's Corner with an S podcast. Check out my website, kikifrancois.com, for bookings, content, and past episodes from this show. I update the website weekly, and I'm constantly on Instagram. Y'all should just call me the late night preacher. Um, (laughs) If you would like to be featured on this show, please DM me on my Instagram or email me at kikiscornerpodcast at gmail.com. That is all that I have for y'all. Y'all have a beautiful week. Peace.